What's your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> My most embarrassing moment. Gosh, I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. Yeah, you don't know? My most embarrassing moment. I could definitely think of one that was embarrassing, but I don't know if it's my most embarrassing, but I was very quickly humbled. And <laughs> um, Tell us about it. <laughs> I had, uh, I was teaching karate, I was teaching a class, and I was in a, a group full of people. Um, and, and How so, old were you? Um, I was in my 20s. Okay. Yeah, that's like my early 20s. And I was at the front of the class and I was teaching this move um, and and I was talking about power and intensity and I was demonstrating it and I was like, oh, I was just jacked. And, um, and then everybody in the class was practicing and then I was like, stop, stop, stop. Yeah, like, okay, like let's refocus here and got everybody to be quiet and, and focus. And I had one of my students come up and hold the bag for me. And I was just, I was just on it, like on it. This is, this is what I want to see. Like, this is what I want to see. And I went to kick the bag and my, the one foot that was going to kick the bag went up in the air while my other foot also went up in the air. And both like, I swear I was parallel to the floor, like three feet in the air and then landed and so humbly yeah. hit the ground. But then almost like there was no, it was like I, I bounced off of the floor. Off the hardwood so, floor. Off the hardwood floor. I hit the ground and then basically like levitated it seemed <laughs> right back up and back onto my feet because it, there was like that much embarrassment like it was instant it was like my body was like no so I hit and then went right back up so at least I redeemed it was something kind of cool yeah but I hit the ground so hard I did that one of your classes one day a long time ago <laughs> remember that just both feet off the ground at the same time fell you know, right I on my butt remember that it was not my most embarrassing moment but yeah yeah but that was probably my most embarrassing uh, that I can remember like yeah. right now. I'm what sure did everybody do in class? Uh, they all kind of laughed. I laughed at myself <laughs> big time. And then, you know, they tried to make me feel better by like, yeah. oh, that was so great that yeah. you <laughs> fell completely on the ground, but then you got right back up onto your feet. And <sighs> it was like, oh man, very quick moment of redemption. But um, oh my gosh. how about you? Oh gosh. Uh, wedding. I've told you this story before. I love this story. I know. The picture is even better. It is. If you want to see it, just send me a message or something, and I will send you the picture so you can see it because the wedding photographer got it on camera. So my friends are getting married. This is like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years ago. Uh, Annie and Austin Stack. And I am one of the bridesmaids. And my dress has arrived the day before the wedding. Um, it is not the right size. Thank oh, goodness. Um, it's the wrong color. Thank goodness it wasn't the right size. Thank goodness, because it was real tight. I have a feeling that's going to have something to do yes. with the end of the story. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So it's the wrong color. Um, but luckily, like, the maid of honor had this, like, more ivory dress. And then the other maid of honors had, like, a greener dress. And mine was sort of right in the middle of both of these dresses. So already just started the day. Great. Um, 
had a couple drinks at the beginning of the day, but hadn't when we arrived at the wedding and everything hadn't had a drink at all. So I'm fully, fully sober at this moment. <laughs> I um, have my first drink in my hand and there is a big old dance circle, like huge, like everyone from the wedding is in this dance circle. And, uh, and the, uh, the person that's in the middle kind of moves out of the middle of the circle. And uh, she, well, at first I think it's a he. So somebody gets out of the dance circle and I'm like, who's going next? And somebody goes, you are. And earlier in the day, the wedding planner had just all day mentioned to us, girls, make sure that you don't step on your dress. Just make sure that you don't step on your dress because you're going to crumble underneath your dress because they're long dresses. I've got these great, cute gladiator sandals on, but my dress is too long and it didn't have time to get hemmed oh, or like stretched out in the upper portion because it was real tight. But again, thank goodness. So I say, who's next? And someone behind me says, you are. And they push me out into the middle of the dance floor. But when she pushed me, she stepped on my dress. Oh, man. <laughs> and so I literally go crumbling into the middle of this dance circle, drink in hand. And the photographer gets a picture because what it looks like is I'm about to do the worm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I yeah. went straight from my knees to my <laughs> belly, rolled up onto my belly, legs up in the air. And... It was so embarrassing. Yeah. I stood up and I looked over at the bride and she did not look very happy. But of course not. It's later on. She told me she thought one of our somebody else had pushed me. This this guy that we knew had pushed me. But I was like, no, it was somebody else. It was a, a girlfriend of mine that she was the one who had pushed me and she had stepped on my dress. I didn't really know her very well, but she came up afterwards and was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> but there is a picture of me face down in the middle of the floor. My drink is out in front of me. My hand is like got caught underneath my body. And luckily my the corset top is so tight that my boobs don't fall out. Thank goodness. Yeah. Or the top doesn't come off. But I stood back up and I did not spill my drink. And so out of the crowd, Redemption. somebody goes, somebody needs to marry that girl. <laughs> <laughs> because I fell on my face in the middle of the floor and it the the photographer got it on camera and to this day it is still the most embarrassing but most funny moment ever and it's got it's in a picture that's so cool like full drink in hand my pinky's out got a great dress great hair seen, great it looks makeup staged. yeah it totally looks staged it, looks it is staged. not it looks staged like you're just laying at all on your belly because yeah the photographer up. was like oh i thought you were getting ready to do the worm that's why i took a picture yeah but no i just but no. fell on my face and the girl <laughs> stepped on my dress <laughs> And I crumpled right underneath the dress. <laughs> classic. So classic. I'd say, you know, I think a lot of most embarrassing moments come from falling. Yeah. Or yeah. tripping. Or like running Slipping. your bicycle into a sidewalk and into flipping something. right over your handlebars. And oh, man, really I've never hoping. done that. Oh, I have. Oh, I did it in never, college really bad once, it. and I just told all my teammates, I was like, I wish that you would have been there to see this, you guys, because <laughs> I like straight up ran into the curb and went flying over my handlebars. 
So uh, welcome to the Dear Life Podcast. This is episode five. My name is Lou Crenshaw. (laughs) And I'm Chantel Dayton. We are so glad that you are here joining us for our uh, most embarrassing moments. Although today, the conversation today is not about embarrassing moments. No, it's not. I just thought maybe that would be kind of fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. It is fun. Um, I think it. Uh, I think it's kind of cool when you can uh, say like humble yourself and <laughs> yeah. really remember the things that <laughs> laugh at yourself. Yeah, and just to really laugh your... with you. Yeah, I think. Don't you think that people assume? You know, I was actually thinking about this the other day when, uh, you know, when somebody makes a mistake, and whether it be a mistake is in like you made an intentional choice to do something, and it ended up being a mistake it ended up hurting somebody or hurting yourself or affecting others or affecting you in some way that we we will hide those things yeah we like keep them from people because but yet it's those things that actually allow or give other people permission to be human right you know that's it's just so and not like just talking about all the mistakes and being like i'm giving people permission so i'm just gonna like you know, continue to give permission and just talk about all the things that I've ever done wrong for yeah. the rest of my life. But it really is saying like, these are these are areas where I like, I either <laughs> I made a mistake, I made a bad choice, um, I fell on my face, I fell on my face, <laughs> literally, figuratively. You fell and popped right back up. Yeah, right back up. But isn't and... that the beauty of failure and mistakes is that we have the opportunity to get back up? Mm-hmm. Which I think is one of the most beautiful things about a burpee in the gym is because it's literally standing up, getting on your belly, standing back up, and then hopping and clapping at the end. Mm-hmm. And like, then you do it again. And then you do it again, and then you get down, and then you get back up, and then you do a little mm-hmm. celebration, and yeah. then you down and back up. Yeah. But I also think that that's why people don't love it, because you fully down and fully back up. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's 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 when, when you get tired, it's harder to get back up. That's very true. Um, but I think that it really is the the beauty of of what you know hard work and discipline and being committed to things and continuing when it gets hard and even mm-hmm. when you're tired or um, you know when things aren't going your way or when your legs aren't as springy because sometimes you don't just spring up off the ground no <laughs> yeah it's like resilience yeah. you know like even when you said that like it being a a really good indicator of even you know, resilience of something, you know, metaphorically, even, you know, like when things don't go right or when you do fall, how long does it take you to get back up? And are you willing to do it again, even though you know that it's going to make you stronger? Yeah. You know, not necessarily intentionally making the same mistake, like the same movement, like you would in a burpee, but you're willing to, to fall. And then you're like, okay, but yet I'm strong enough to get back up. Yeah. And a burpee is like, I'm choosing to get down on my belly and I'm choosing mm-hmm. to get back up and I'm choosing to hop and I'm choosing to clap. That's good. <laughs> good. Oh, that was very good. Yeah. Yeah. So we, what are we talking about today? Yeah. Then? So I, I think I've probably said it in the last three podcasts, um, just asking you if we can do a podcast on um, more of not necessarily, I mean, my mind keeps going to this idea of the art of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is and what being disciplined is. But as your best friend and uh, like having seen you live and grow and be in hard situations and easy situations and 
um, situations that you're totally struggling in and situations where you're frustrated um, and knowing that um, I don't do such a great job in situations like that. I, I tend to really, really struggle with, um, with certain things when it comes to just feeling frustrated. Like I feel like my immediate response sometimes is frustration, which I'm trying to learn to have compassion for myself and know that um, this isn't my strong suit. Mm-hmm. I do really like burpees, so I must be kind of resilient and be able mm-hmm. to, you know, pop up and get down and all that kind of stuff. But um, really seeing um, how how amazing your person is in the midst of of chaos and uh, and and struggle and and seeing those things and mm-hmm. knowing also that I think there's something to um, and the more that we research and the more that we read that there really is something so amazing about the art that is karate, that is, mm-hmm. you know, your, even your art form, but the discipline that comes with, um, with what karate is. Mm-hmm. And when I first learned that you taught karate, like the first thing I think about is like Bruce Lee and, <laughs> you know, Chinese movies where they're doing like, whoa, 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 you know, <laughs> you don't think about the katas and you don't think about the standing still and you don't think about the not adjusting your hair when you're in the middle of something you don't think about you don't really think about the art of it you think about the the fight scenes Mm -hmm. and i that might just be me but i think when we don't understand something we you know have a, a certain perspective about something so i think as being your best friend and seeing the way that you function in life i think there's something so beautiful about what you learned through the art of karate which Mm -hmm. to me when I look from the outside now is truly the art of discipline Mm -hmm. and Mm self-control because you could kill people (laughs) but you choose not to right like the day that I tackled you and became we became best friends if you haven't heard that story first episode I think it's first episode. first episode yep we tell that story and it's hilarious you could have killed me (laughs) you could have hurt me but you just humored my ignorance and, you know, slowly until yeah. I was like, tap, tap, I'm done. But there's just something I think so great about it. And so I just wanted for you to talk about it and share about it and um, for us to just kind of have conversation about the art of discipline and how karate instilled that in you. That's awesome. Thank you for saying that. It's very kind of you. Um, she just shrugged her shoulders. Yeah, yeah, do it again. Actually, I had a burp and I oh. didn't want to burp <laughs> in the microphone. So I decided just to nod my head. <laughs> Good call. And then tell you that I burped. Um, yeah, gosh, I don't even know where to start. Like where, where to start with this conversation sometimes is when people talk about karate. And I think that there's like a, cause we know you've been doing it for a long time. We mm-hmm. know you've done it for a long time and you taught for a long time. But what are, maybe let's just start with like, what are the the main like foundational pieces of not necessarily karate or martial arts, but maybe of just your art form, like the foundational, mm-hmm. like the student creed is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what, like even the physical, the physical things, I was actually just talking to somebody about this, uh, this weekend. And um, there was this little girl sitting in front of me 
and uh, and she was with her parents, and a friend of mine was sitting next to me, and she had said something about karate, and and I said, what's so funny is I said, you see that little girl right there? And this girl must have been like three years old, because um, we were talking about teaching, and we were talking about some other things that had to do with just uh, being a coach, because she was a coach, and obviously you and I both being coaches, but, um, and and so she was talking even about like what we do, and and I had I had said, you know, see that little girl right there? I used to imagine teaching that little girl karate. <laughs> and she kind of just laughed. And because this girl's like three, yeah. like she can't sit still hardly. <laughs> and her parents are kind of doing their thing. And she's busy playing with keys and the water bottle and picking her nose and playing with her hair ties <laughs> and, you know, all of the things. And And then I was telling her that there was a, there actually is a, a class at like a foundational class for kids who are three years old and it's not just babysitting what people would assume right but the development of a young child is so different than somebody who's older and like even just what what they need at that moment but then what keeps their attention is is things that are exciting and then there's your there's constant and continual stimulation mm. but yet also um the ultimate goal, like when you start karate, is is focus, okay. focus, and even like it's not even discipline yet. Like discipline comes later, because first there's like this relationship that's built through, even through play and engagement and yeah. games and um, coordination and holding something for a long period of time. See who, who can hold it the longest. So this relationship, not only with the instructor but also with your body. Because discipline doesn't actually happen overnight. No, it so doesn't. So it couldn't be just a all of a sudden you start karate and now you're disciplined. Yeah. And there's there's the difference between being disciplined and then self-discipline. And so Tell us about that. Yeah. So there's so when 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 the role is, or not even the role, but when when the game is, okay, let's stand still, let's say for a three year old, let's stand at attention. So they stand with their feet together, their hands at their side, and they can't move. So they move, and then we remind them that we're not moving right now by giving them push-ups of some sort. So then the goal is to do it so I don't get push-ups. But in that relationship of even with when I do move, I get push-ups, it's not punishment until we get older. As a little kid, it's like a reminder. It's a bumper. You're you like know? playing a game. Yeah, you're playing a game. And there's a reward that is not that is standing still. Uh-huh. And not doing something that they that they don't particularly like, which is which are the push-ups. And so there's a little bit of competition and so then it's just standing still. And so basically all the games, all the things that we do for like the first 3 years, a lot of the things is is centered around standing still. Mm. And so because it's so hard. Yes. And it's even hard for adults to do. But if you look at it as a small child, then all of a sudden we start adding kicks and punches. And then you kick and punch and you get tired, you get sweaty, your uniform starts to move around. And then you say, stand at attention. Now, why is that such a big part of that? Like, what is the, um, like, what is the idea behind behind that because that's not just in your art form that's probably like across the board martial mm -hmm. arts right mm -hmm. so yeah. what is like why why is it important for me to be able to stand still uh i think in general i think to begin with it's 
it's extremely difficult to stand still for a short period of time or a long period of time. If I were just to ask you to stand still, there's certain things that your mind will then go to. And My so, nose is itching. i got to scratch it. Yeah, I've got to <laughs> itch this. I've got to scratch that. I have to fix this. You know, who's over there? So like a slight look right and left. And it's just it's understanding just in that stillness or even in the breath let's say fast forward and you you're now in the next age group of kids which is much older you know in comparison to three four and five you know you have six seven and eight year olds and so they're a little bit different they're still the same a little bit different they can handle handle a greater capacity and just like moving and kicking and punching but then you go even a little bit older than that 9 10 11 12 13 mm. and then you go to than advanced ranks as well. And so not just the age, but then also the rank and the experience and the discipline of that. And so it takes discipline to do something over and over again. And But if you believe that it is unto something that will be great in the end and not just into, unto a black belt or just because my instructor says so. And so that's where I think that the confusion lies even when parents discipline their kids or when you know they see it kids see it as punishment I'm being punished when really if we change the mentality which is like I I love you I see you we are working together to get you to this place Mm -hmm. I'm already here I'm already at this level and so not that your journey is going to look the same as mine or that I know better than you, but I do know what it takes to get to that place. And so we're working together to get you there. Mm. And so they're trusting the correction. They're trusting that when they're fidgeting and they're moving around that I'm going to give them push-ups. and it's not for punishment, but it's for, it's unto a better level or a greater level of focus, um, which is important. Yeah. When you're talking about using your body as a weapon and ultimately, like, you know, you say killing someone. <laughs> I don't say that, but like really hurting Again, someone. my own ignorance. Exactly. Yeah. And but most people assume that, you know, where it's like, oh, like people who are black belts are like this deadly weapon. And when all reality, we are probably some of the safest people that yes. you could be around. Um, because of the control that you have. Because of the because control. Because you know... It's like when when I know who I am, the lies that come in, they don't rock my boat. The waves mm-hmm. that come in, they're not going to rock my boat because I know it's like you say, if I tell you, if I don't, if I try to tell you that your eyes are brown, you're like, no, they're not. My eyes are blue. Like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with you? Yeah. And so even in the midst of that, knowing that you have such a skill, but you are probably not going to need to use it because mm-hmm. you've are so you have such a level of self-control and training because you know what it is to what you can do, but you're like, but I actually don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. And I think too, in our world, I think even the idea of like, gosh, if I would have learned at three, four and five years old, just the art of standing still, I keep saying art, but the, the ability to stand still and then six, seven and eight, like there's a lot of energy in kids. And so that would be really challenging. But mm-hmm. I think even now looking at the world that we live in and how busy everything is and how there's never any quiet, there's constantly like media and there's, mm-hmm. you know, our phones and then there's people and then there's all the things that we need to do. And then this practice and that practice and this plan and this thing and that time. And then, and we're like the ability to actually sit still mm-hmm. and be quiet mm-hmm. is so hard. Yeah. Um, 
there's a I was reading this book on the Enneagram and it was talking about stillness, solitude and um, silence and those being really important for different numbers. But even thinking about being still, being silent and by yourself, they're all kind of the same thing, but they're not all the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's not what we're talking about right now. But the ability to to be still Mm -hmm. because our minds just go and go and go and go and go and go and go. Yeah. And that can become just so stressful. Yeah, it can. And the, the, the value of standing still is almost, it almost counterbalances even like what you're learning with, with kicking and punching. Yeah. And ultimately your ability, you are gaining an ability or you're building an ability to hurt someone. Mm. You know, like your capacity is becoming greater mm. to hurt someone faster and to not have to hit them as many times. Yeah. To not have to, you know, and so with that, it's almost like if the discipline, if the self-discipline doesn't rise at the same time as the skill, there becomes an imbalance <sighs> in in like your person. Mm. And so you'll see people who have a lot of skill and they'll have a very, or, or they'll they'll just accumulate a lot of movement, a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of new moves, a lot of new styles, a lot of new new things. They mm-hmm. always want to be stimulated with something new, learning something new, which is good. Yeah. But if it gets to the point to where they're continuing to learn, or they're continuing to just go 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 go, but they're not spending the time on the things that they already know, in you're not going to have the discipline to produce like the or pull out the art form that is in front of you then it's mm. just stuff yeah you know and that you, you just want to use yeah that you just want to use <laughs> that you know people people will do it to where they they just want to use it on someone or or they get to you get to the point where I remember when I was like uh, I think I was like a first or second degree black belt it was pretty early um, maybe like second or third maybe somewhere around in there and um, I remember people asking me, like, what what would you do if you got in a fight? Mm. You know, and I kind of felt like this shame and I kind of questioned even my degree and my knowledge at that point because I was like, I don't know what what I would do. And at this point, you know, I was like mid-teens. I was like 14, 15, 16 years old. And I I then began to, like, brainstorm, like, okay, I need to have – like what what would I use? I have this plethora of movement, like this, you know, I have, I have so many different moves that I can choose from. A lot of them are really cool. And, and so immediately, and this goes to show you the reason behind the time that you wait to get to fifth degree, a master's degree. Yeah. This is why there's no accelerated program when it comes to like marinating in something. You know, it just is whether or not you are ready to be patient. Mm. And and so, and you believe in what that's going to bring. Wait, you mean I need to be patient in the process? <laughs> yes. Well, but I want it now. I know. And what's what's really unfortunate, especially with martial arts, is that there are programs where people can just get it now if they just pay for it. Yeah, it's like fad diet pills. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can lose the weight real fast, but then once I get off that thing and once I stop that diet, yeah. it it didn't uh didn't stick no because yeah, i didn't it learn anything yeah you don't you don't learn anything but then in that i 
I then thought to myself, like, okay, as a, you know, it took me five years to get my black belt and then two years between first and second and then three years between second and third. So that's like some time. It's mm -hmm. like 10 years that I was over 10 years that I had been training and not just like one day a week, but multiple days a week and tournament after tournament. And, and so like my, my time that was invested was a lot. And yeah. still at this point, when somebody asked me what I was going to do, if somebody attacked me, I still questioned my ability mm. at that moment of like, Whoa, oh, I, I'm surely I'd do a spin kick of some sort because I'm like, <laughs> I'm, that would look cool. You know, that would one. It would look cool. It would prove to everyone else that I like <laughs> yeah. because that's their their assumption. When really, now I look at it and I can honestly say and with confidence, not in like confidently knowing, but like I have no idea what I would do mm. because I have nothing to prove. I don't need to prove to you that I'm a six degree black belt. I don't need to prove that to anybody. But for the longest time, I felt like there was something that needed to confirm my rank or my ability or this place that I am in my life, what I'm holding. Mm. And and it's just it was just really interesting. And then later on, I then became very comfortable with it, as did other people. And one of a story that will stick with me forever was my instructor, Chip Wright. He was he was in the same space as I was and I was teaching a class and art the karate school is on it's like in downtown Medford so there's an overpass from the freeway and then it's right across a bridge so there's like two an overpass and a bridge that kind of overlap and so there were a lot of transients but then there's a lot of you know drug use around in that area and so occasionally we would get someone who would come in and be a little crazy and we'd have to ask them to leave and um, or there would be somebody outside that was just going bonkers. And so we'd have to like tell everybody they needed to stay inside for a while. And so there was, there was this studio that had this reputation of people who went to Chip Wright's Champion Karate there. And I'm not saying that this in comparison to other studios, like, oh, we were, we were superior to anyone else, but in, there was a time and there was a time with a lot of studios that like when you got your black belt there, you got your black belt there. Like you earned you it. You earned it. Yeah. You earned it. And and so that's the reputation that that Chip Wright's Champion Karate has had in Medford, Oregon. And um and so there was this man outside and he was yelling and I was teaching the class and I could hear him yelling. And so I had the students just kind of do something that they could do on their own. And I looked out the window and he was laying on the bridge and he was just hysterical. And um, clearly in some type of, he was having some type of episode and, um, and he went to stand up and he was kind of staggering around. And so I got, I got Mr. Wright's attention. And so he comes across the floor and he has the phone in his hand and he kind of stands out front and my heart began to race a little bit because I knew that this was something that wasn't, it wasn't little, you know, and, um, and then there was a couple that walked out of uh, a building across the street. And as they walked out of the building, this man who was on the bridge just started moaning and arms up. Like if you can imagine like the walking dead, like this guy was the walking dead. Mm. He had no shirt on. He was bleeding from his face. Um, his arms were moving all over the place. His pants were halfway off of him. It was actually, it was quite sad to see. Um, and he was, as he was walking down, he was walking toward this couple and you could tell that the couple was, was scared yeah. and they didn't know what to do. And Chip had 
stepped outside and he had the phone in his hand and um and he had said something he just said I don't even remember what it was it was like one word it was just like hey or oh like and so this guy turns around and he comes staggering across the street and my heart is like racing i'm like chip is gonna whoop him (laughs) he's gonna take him out like i'm picturing like what what is seriously gonna happen like this guy is gonna have some type of like common sense because mr right has like this aura about him he's a very confident man yet he is extremely humble and yet could annihilate any human Mm -hmm. in seconds and yet when you see him you wouldn't even think of that And I say that not because like I love him to death and he was like a dad like growing up and but yet he is like anybody who has met him or spend any amount of time training with him knows that. And and so this man walks across the street and all I see is Chip. He has his hands down at his side. He has the phone in his hand still. And this guy goes to like take a couple swings at him and it happened so quickly. He like literally, he didn't had no hesitation once he got across and he took one swing and, and Chip just kind of like moved his head out of the way and it hit him a little bit like in the jaw and in the shoulder. And next thing you know, this guy was on his face and Chip was on top of him. Just like laying on, on just laying on top of him <laughs> and one he didn't do like some crazy drop sweep he didn't do some jump spinning back kick and knock this guy into the car he didn't knock him off the bridge he didn't he was taking swings at chip so by law you actually have the right to defend yourself Mm -hmm. right against someone who is attacking you and so whatever that looks like is what it looks like and but the assumption is is as soon as somebody gives you like touches like the go button you know, you should just go. You should just go. And he touched the go button, but he didn't really touch it. Chip was like, ah, like I touched the go button. You yeah. don't touch the go button. And he just laid on top of him until the police came. Mm-hmm. And this guy was, I mean, he was, he was dangerous. He could have potentially like hurt people that were around. And so you look at that story and you're like, okay, but but all that training for all of his life and why wouldn't he use it? He did use it. Mm -hmm. You know, it just isn't what people think it looks like. Discipline isn't sexy. No, it's not. All of the other stuff. That's going to be the title of this podcast. (laughs) Discipline Discipline is not sexy. sexy. (laughs) No, but yet it really kind of is like when you look at it, because in order to really be disciplined, it's like this you don't need to prove yourself and yet everybody stays safe and you are somebody who is willing and able to like get hit or hurt but yet just in other people's eyes but not in your own yeah you know like the way i saw it is like his discipline actually kept that man safe yeah 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 and his self-control was able to contain a situation instead of hurting somebody else. And you look at that, you look at that, and then you look at, you know, verbal altercations, you look at arguments with people, you look at, um, you know, you look at social media, you look mm-hmm. at all the outlets where we can be undisciplined with, with our words, with our behavior, um, and how if we, could learn and understand 
self-control in all the facets, not just in, not just in martial arts, because I watch your ability for self-control, like unless there's Swedish fish in the room and then (laughs) then the discipline goes out the window. (laughs) <laughs> Swedish fish, Reese's Pieces, yep. peanut butter cups, and then gone. it's totally gone. It's just out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Um, but no, it's not. You just enjoy them and you could eat them until, yeah. you know, you've eaten them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could eat them until they're all gone. Um, you don't feel like I just threw you into the bus, do you? No. Okay, no, good. not okay. at all. <laughs> no. No. You need to get a bunch of Swedish fish in I the mail. Like, <laughs> fan mail. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Um, but, uh, but discipline also, like, it it, um, it allows you to see things more clearly. Yes. You know, it really does. It allows you to see, like, like his discipline allowed him, enabled him to see that man more clearly. What that yeah. man needed was not to be annihilated yeah but his discipline took time Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that i don't think that our culture fully understands is that discipline is it's it's a lifestyle it's not one week at the gym it's not oh my gosh i ate three meals that were really good so now i'm going to go off the rails Mm -hmm. but discipline being the ability to I have the skills and I'm going to use them, but I don't have to use them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I could go have a meal out and have dessert and then the next day be right back where I need to go. Mm-hmm. Like back right back in it without it disrupting everything. But when we don't understand and know discipline, then I think that it's it gets very skewed. But mm-hmm. I think there is and this is a conversation that we have a lot sort of kind of wherever we go um in that i think for so many people we have like in our minds and in our brains and in our childhoods and in our lives so often we have equated discipline to punishment yeah totally or punishment to discipline like hearing the word discipline makes us think about punishment Mm -hmm. um and so we don't understand or what was supposed to be just discipline was actually punishment, mm-hmm. whether it was physical abuse or, you know, verbal abuse as as kids or, you know, teenagers or even in current marriages where um, where what is supposed to look like what would be discipline is actually a form of punishment. Mm-hmm. And so I think being able to not necessarily cut ties but to remove those two words from the space and say oh I've only known discipline as punishment and I've only known punishment as discipline Mm -hmm. and being able to say like oh no discipline is my ability to commit and stay with it Um, the first CrossFit gym I ever opened it was called CrossFit Allegiance and it was very hard to spell and uh, a lot of people d- couldn't spell it. And I ended up changing the name because I realized how many people like paused before they wrote their checks of like, or were like, Hey, how do you spell that? Um, but I loved the word allegiance because it meant to bind yourself to a course of action. Mm-hmm. And I think we just don't bind ourselves to courses of action. Mm-hmm. We just get out when it gets hard or when the results aren't quick enough or Mm -hmm. like, well, I've been at the gym for a month and I haven't lost any weight. 
but I'm, I'm about to go on a tangent right now. <laughs> it's good. But our punishment and our like, if my goal only in the gym is just to get the results instead of like taking care of myself, I'm actually creating an entirely new level of stress mm -hmm. because my goal in the gym is to punish myself. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that are going to the gym every day, and it's not about discipline and binding yourself to a course of action, but it's like to get a result for a thing that I am going to do. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, cut my calories by a thousand calories and I'm going to go to the gym every day. You're not actually benefiting yourself that much because you're literally running on very little calories mm -hmm. and overworking yourself when it's like, how about a little balance? Maybe cut out an extra 300 calories and go to the gym three times a week and go for three walks, mm -hmm. you know, of being able to find the balance instead of punishing ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because for most people trying to get fit or healthy or lose weight usually involves punishment, involves mm -hmm. like, you know, just pounding ourselves in the gym until we get the result. Mm -hmm. But then are you actually getting in the result? Because you're truly just really really stressed and being mean to yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah I, I think it's it's interesting because as you're talking I'm just thinking about how you know punishment comes like what it, what is what is punishment exactly you know as, as I'm as you're talking I'm like what what exactly is punishment and you know when it's a repercussion of doing something wrong yeah when does it when does it come into a place because there are places like okay so let's say I am, I'm standing at attention. I actually remember the very first, the very, very, very first day I got my black belt. Very first day. It's awesome. Which it was like a fantastic day because we all went from a fully white uniform to now we get to wear black pants, which mm. for the girls was awesome because we're like, oh yeah, we don't have to worry about our periods anymore <laughs> when we're kicking and punching and now we don't have to have white pants. And it was like five years yeah. of all that yeah. time with white pants and now we get black pants. And I remember, and I had really long hair. Like as a young girl, I had long hair like Jasmine. And so it was like yeah. always in a- uh, like Jasmine. Like Jasmine, <laughs> oh, love Jasmine and Aladdin. I loved Aladdin. That was like oh, one of the most too. classic Disney, Disney movies ever. I know. And the genie. I know, yeah. so good. Robin Williams, the genie, mm. it was just so good. Um, but I had my hair like on top of my head always. And, uh, and so, and it was still like down like almost to my belt when mm -hmm. it was on top of oh, my head geez. yeah and I remember I didn't have I had like this bang like semi bang grow out thing that was happening <laughs> and girls this you know this is real <laughs> yeah. it is a real thing when you try to like never cut bangs because then you have to grow them out I know and then like that middle yeah so they wouldn't really go up and and so I remember doing this uh, this workout and everybody was going to go down and do some push-ups and then stand right back up. Well, I was like notorious for in transition trying to get everything <laughs> in place before I actually had to stand at attention again. And so I would go down and do, do what I was doing. I think I was doing push-ups and I went to go stand up and I like went to move my hair like out of my face. Mm -hmm. And then I went to ready position and then, but then it like came back down in front of my face again. Mm. So then I moved it again mm. and I was immediately, immediately reprimanded <laughs> immediately. 10 push up, Chantel. I was like, oh, and what? I was <laughs> like, it scarred my soul <laughs> because I was like, this is my first day in class as a black belt and I get push ups uh. because I, 
am moving hair out of my, the one of the most basic things yeah that you could even like that that's like day one and here I am right and so it's even looking at it and going like okay I definitely didn't feel punished but I felt like kindly reminded and yeah. you know like when when there is a lack of discipline and I think it goes from like because in order to be punished there are like two people or you separate yourself right from from it because or you either separate yourself from it or you don't love whatever it is or you're not you're not seeing or understanding or including the other person or yourself mm. even in the growth yeah and like That's when good. you do it's like me disciplining you if you were doing something if you were one of my students and you weren't doing what I wanted you to do. So if you're not doing what I want you to do, that already is lack of discipline on my part. Like mm. with that, even that that train of thought, that mindset, because I'm now trying to get you to do what I want you to do. Mm. And, and so when you're not doing it, I get frustrated. And through that frustration, then I just wanna remind you of who's in charge, mm. right? I wanna remind you of that you are going to do it the way that I want to do it rather than looking and understanding and coming to a place of not continuously having to do this where we have to like always come back and say like this is where we want to go this is where we want to go when you are in agreement of where you want to go when you're in agreement of like this is this is the direction that we're going this is where you know I can see I can see this can you see this too and you say yes okay so we see the benefit in the hard work that is in front of us, but now it's gonna be the discipline to actually get there. Yeah. So then you're almost like giving me permission to discipline you during this this relationship mm. or, you know, and it's interesting because we have the same I feel like we have the same the same relationship with ourself. Yeah. You know, like we could it could be very, very easy where, you know, I can say to myself, like, this is what this is going to be unto my best. But yet, like you said, like you eat horribly and then you punish yourself with fitness or you punish yourself with, you know, with something that that doesn't look healthy. It doesn't look like a relationship. It looks like you're out of control or it looks like you are. Um, sorry, guys. Sounds like we've got like a crew of heisters and. Um, <laughs> dump trucks coming uh coming through sure what's happening in the background so anyways sorry about that tuesdays are not good days to record at 11 40 in the afternoon (laughs) it's all good (laughs) it is all good yeah well and i think too i think i think that there's something uh i think there's something very interesting about um about what we do when we are punishing ourselves like even in the midst of you know so let's say there's a wedding or there's um, a a class reunion or you're going on a vacation and so you take three months to starve yourself and work out every day Mm -hmm. to arrive at this location and at this place (laughs) sorry guys some of this is gonna like I'm gonna it's going to feel girl, like a dig. little gut punch. But we're actually showing up at these places, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I lost 20 pounds in the last three months. And we show up and we don't say like, oh, my gosh, I've spent the last three months like totally punishing myself so mm-hmm. that I could look a certain way when I arrive here. So you all think that I actually live a disciplined life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or or we 
we you know take care of our bodies when we need our bodies to do something for us when we want something from our bodies like oh, okay well I really want to have a baby now so now I'm gonna start exercising and eating right mm-hmm. and then and then once my body does what I want it to do then I get the thing out of it I lost the 20 pounds and then I go back to a life of not being disciplined mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you know you look at you look at what life could look like what your health could look like um, if you just lived a disciplined life of taking care of yourself. Yeah. Right. Like even in the midst of this whole, like word, what's the date? It's March 10th. Like in the middle of this coronavirus thing where there's all these people like freaking out mm-hmm. that they could get the flu. Mm-hmm. Like that, that we could get this thing. You could, you could catch it. But if I take care of my body on a regular basis, I'm actually creating a haven inside of my body that is built to fight things. Yeah. And that's not always the case. Yeah. But um, I was reading something this morning and uh, there's a quote by Louis Pasteur and I'm not even sure like how far he goes back. To, I don't even know when he was. Time. Gosh, I remember learning about him in school. Yeah, totally in school. But he says it's not the germ, it's the terrain. Yeah, it's so true. And so what can we do with the terrain inside of our bodies when we're just choosing discipline instead of, you know, seasons of punishment because we hate ourselves so much that now it's time to lose weight again Mm -hmm. because I've let myself go and then I let myself go and then I let myself go and then I'm depressed and I'm sad and I'm feeling super anxious instead of what would it look like to commit my life to just being a disciplined human being. Yeah. To being a self-controlled human being. And I look at your person and there's times where I'm like I am so jealous (laughs) I wish that I would have learned I wish I would have I wish I would have done karate yeah yeah you know because I'm learning things now as an adult that feel really hard to learn as an adult that I'm like man if I would have learned to stand still as a three-year-old like what could my life have looked like yeah I mean I don't I'm not looking back and being like oh I wish I could do everything over again but I also just look at um I just look at those things and I see that and I'm I'm so in awe and so inspired by the ability to be disciplined in that mm. way. But what happens in the overflow of of your discipline in karate or our discipline in the gym is that I think everything that happens with movement, my discipline with staying in my breath during a workout, mm-hmm. it it has an effect on every single area of my life. Totally. It 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 moves out, which is, I think, so wonderful, the power of, of movement and what movement can do for us and how we can take care of ourselves and create a life that is not like all over the place, yeah. but is consistent. Yeah. Because if I can learn consistency in my movement and in my body, I am going to learn consistency out there. Mm-hmm. Like the more that I nasal breathe in my workouts and I don't freak out mm-hmm. and I carry more sandbags without panicking mm-hmm. and I do certain workouts where I push the boundaries of what I think that I can do without freaking out and, and begin to like move, move my center the more that that happens in every area of my life, I still am a total failure in certain areas, but realizing that what I'm doing with my body is 
automatically affecting my my life and my relationships mm-hmm. and my job and what I do for a living and what I'm good at and the person that pulls in front of me in traffic or my you know food that doesn't come out right from the restaurant it's like that's not a big deal mm-hmm. you know but being able to see the overflow of those things and so I just think that there's something so amazing about what karate does in like what you said like I have the ability to hurt people but I also have the ability to stand still yeah and not move yeah and with one one it's it's the the things even that you're saying you know I look at it now and obviously I don't practice anymore but kicking and punching still will always hold it's like it's just oh yeah there's always something in you that comes alive when you kick and punch inside the gym so (laughs) much so much so and, you know, I've, I've said this to you before, just you and I obviously working together and we'll go, we'll do an event somewhere and we'll bring all of our equipment back to the gym and, yes. you know, just want to open the door and put it on the inside and like do it later because we're tired. Yeah. And I still haven't like really ironed out really like what it is, but it is one of those, those things where I'm like our lack of discipline in the moment will affect our future. Yes. And it will, our lack of discipline in the moment. And really it's just finishing what you've, Mm -hmm. what you've started. Yeah. And so it's us not putting away this equipment right now. Come Monday morning. Come Monday morning. It's going to, not only is it going to affect our future, affect our future, how it will, it will it will contribute to the amount of stress that is in the day. And I even think about it like that. You come Monday morning and all the stuff is still there and then you rush and put it all away. So you either wake up earlier to get to the gym earlier to put it away or you come to the gym at the, at the normal time, you rush to put it away and then the ladies who come in, then you already feel like rushed. Mm-hmm. And so then your relationship, your engagement with yeah. them is rushed, mm-hmm. is different. You know, and I think of the same thing, like when, if you look at like even making your bed in the morning, like just being disciplined enough to wake up and make your bed. Now, the beauty about this is it's not about making the bed. Mm -mm. It's about doing something that actually, it doesn't really matter whether or not it's done. Yeah, but at the end of the day, when you go into your room, mm-hmm. it feels so much better when it your does. bed is made. But when people when people see it, though, you take something that doesn't really matter, like painting the fence, mm-hmm. like Mr. Miyagi and Danielson, mm-hmm. like painting the fence, like up and down and up and down and wax on, wax off, wax mm-hmm. on, wax off. Those things where like you get it done and then you're like, oh, but nope, do it again. Mm-hmm. But it's already done. We'll do it again. Mm-hmm. What does it really matter? because it's actually not about the task. It's about your participation in something that is unto something that you might see. Like making your bed isn't necessarily gonna affect your day at work. It's not necessarily going to affect like your productivity at work, but what it does is it affects your person because it has nothing to do with what making your bed actually, like it's the act of making the bed. It's the practice of making the bed. It is doing the, the dishes and the discipline of doing that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's doing the dishes. So after you, after you actually eat off of the dishes, it's cleaning the dishes. Mm-hmm. Why not want to? Doing that. I know. I hate it. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning to see the value in it, but it's really hard when you don't see the value of something. It is. Now yeah. I know what it feels like when I walk into my room at night, I, I have gotten very well 
like established and connected to what it feels like to walk into my room mm -hmm. at the end of the day and to see my bed made. And so in the mornings when I'm like, oh, it's cold. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be out. I just want to stand in my covers or hurry up and put my clothes on. Yeah. I, I make my bed because I know what at the end of the day that like little like short term like it's that it's that idea of that short term sacrifices often mm -hmm. have long term gains mm -hmm. yeah like your hour in the gym every day or every other day will have long term mm -hmm. benefits for you down the road mm -hmm. and, and it will be health and wellness yeah and even like you know talking about the dishes and having okay so I have all these I I, I have I have I cook myself a meal and then yeah. I don't want to do the dishes. Mm -hmm. But then the next day I wake up in the morning and I have to go to work mm -hmm. and then I come home from work and I want to make, I want to make something with the pot or pan that's now dirty. And so now I need to wash it. Yeah. And then, you know, so it, it yeah. affects your future in a way that isn't like, Oh, that doesn't stress me out. Yeah. Well, it doesn't necessarily stress you out, but what if you had, you know, people coming over, someone, mm -hmm. someone needing to use something where it's like, oh, I've got to, I've got to clean all this. I've got to make sure that this is clean and yeah. I've got to, you know, so then you think about these things where it's not, it's not this, this obsessive, you know, yeah. a disciplined person isn't stiff and rigid. So it's not like yeah. if the bed isn't made, it's not going to ruin your day either. Yes. Yes. You know, if the dishes are I like to not make my bed on the weekends it just feels yeah. a little rebellious yeah, and I'm like yeah I'm not gonna do it <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't ruin your day and yeah. just like not doing the dishes it doesn't ruin your day not putting the equipment away when we come home from or come to the gym from a an event that's not gonna ruin our day yeah. but yet you know also like a, like years of not eating well mm -hmm. that's why you have to go on these crazy diets before you go to Hawaii yeah. or before you go to the class reunion because that is you're feeling the effect of your lack of yeah. discipline throughout your life or you're you know 20 30 years down the road you're not looking at your poor nutrition then but now you're sick mm -hmm. and you don't know why you're sick and it's not going to be a quick fix yeah so and, so true and my health is now all of a sudden deteriorating because i haven't been disciplined been disciplined with my food been disciplined with my exercise and been disciplined with dealing with my emotions and my humanity and my pain and my sorrow and my grief and mm -hmm. and all of those things and being able to to learn to to use my body in such a way that I can leave those things and I can deal with those things so that I can pick up the other things and go mm -hmm. yeah yeah because like some mornings like I mean obviously we're gonna wrap this up and you know look at look at the areas in your life where you are less disciplined than others and you know for some of you routine it looks there's comfort for you in your routine and yeah. so it and I think that there is there's but discipline a also means that I can get out of my routine and not mess everything up yes <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a similarity but they are very different yeah like a routine and then discipline you know discipline is like pick something like that you don't necessarily see like, oh, this doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it looks like just stewardship. Yeah. You know, discipline does look like stewardship, having something and keeping it maintenance, you know, yeah. keeping it alive and, you know, keeping it inside of your car clean. Or <laughs> I was just thinking like clean. sweeping underneath the fridge on occasion when you're just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it doesn't really matter. But then when you look under there, you're like, dear God, what is, <laughs> what is you're like, I when's the last time I ate fruit loops? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Ew. fruit loops are like something yeah. under there. You're like, yeah. this is probably under here from the person who lived here maybe before me yeah. or yeah. 
right? And so there's there is that like routine that that allows you to be comfortable, but then yeah. also like starting to identify like okay, like what is routine and what is perfectionism, but then also what is discipline? Yeah. And so there's like there's there's fine line between those things, and they can look like being like I don't want to say suffering from perfectionism, but yeah. You know that is a, that that yeah. is a good. What episode was that? That was episode yeah. two or three. I'm not sure, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it was episode two. Yeah, and and wanting to do things well and being disciplined are two different things. Yeah, because discipline is very flexible. Yeah, it's and discipline doesn't have to be punishment. I think is exactly. You know, but can I learn to use my skills, but then be still? Can I be, mm-hmm. like, can I get things done and be still mm-hmm. as well? Obviously, not in the same moment, but yeah, punishment yeah. will definitely surface when discipline. Yeah and patience yeah. are no longer present. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So find a, find a place where you can learn discipline. Yes. And if you're not sure where to go and you're in Southern Oregon, well, you can come and find us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Camp 17. Yes. So that is, that is, uh, that is episode five. And uh, thank you for joining us on yes. uh, Dear Life, I'm In. Yeah, you can find us on, uh, on uh, obviously, you guys are listening probably on iTunes or Spotify. Yep, you can find us right. on Instagram at camp.17. You can find us at camp-17.com. That's mm-hmm. our website. Uh, you can find Chantel at Chantel Dayton on Instagram. Dot or Dayton. Yep. Chantel dot Dayton. And, uh, or you can find me, uh, Lucian Crenshaw on Instagram as well. So, and you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, uh, have a great day and we will talk to you later. Yeah. See you next time.